Okay, so today's episode of Forward, we're covering a super important topic. Um, it's in response to a question that we get pretty much like once a week. Daily. Maybe daily. <laughs> yeah. Probably more. Or at least like something, you know, in relation to it. And it's how do I improve my email conversion rates? Um, and there are loads of things that can go into this, but the first thing we always think about is how do I make my content more engaging or are there any words I'm using that might be hitting the spam traps? Um, but we focus on the email itself, the template, the, the look of it, everything. What day of the week you're sending. What day of the week, the time. But, you know, very little will go into who are we sending it to? Are there any issues with the list, the data that might be impacting the results? And you'd be, you know, surprised how much of an impact it can make um, and, and skewing the data that you're using to make you know, smart decisions on how you should improve your emails. And you might be getting, um, you know, not a great picture um, and, and not great data um, just for simple things um, when it comes to the list um, and your marketing operation. So uh, we wanted to cover a few things that you as a marketing operations professional can do to across the board, just potentially improve those conversion rates without even changing an email. Um, yeah, so maybe kick it off, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think a lot of people talk about how email's dead, the channel doesn't work, we're getting really <laughs> low conversion rates. But I think email isn't dead and there's tons of examples out there of companies that all they do is send an email. Like yeah. the hustle, these newsletters, the skim, mm -hmm. literally their business model is to send email and they've got millions of subscribers. People like receiving emails if the email is the right email to them. Yeah. Um, but then I think for what we're talking about more today is around conversion rates and how you might not be getting an accurate picture of what your real conversion rates are because of the data issues that you have. Mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna jump into an example. So we're gonna share the screen. And actually, before we go there, that was a little sneak peek. But just to set the stage, so um, just doing a little bit of research on what average benchmarks are. Yeah, and I so, think this is important. So I get this question a lot all the mm -hmm. time too. You know, what are the average email benchmarks? Like what are what's a good rate? What's a bad rate? So I think this is a, a good thing to cover first. Yeah, and this is easy to find, right? Just Google this, but um, we we got we got a couple of um, good examples here. So average click through rate two point six percent, average open rate seventeen point eight percent. As you can see here, a little bit more detail. A lot of our clients are in this industry here in tech. So average open seventeen point six, click through rate two point five. Uh, the other interesting thing about this was open rates by day. And if you look at IT tech, it's like exactly the same. This is a question we get all the time: <laughs> what day, what time? I don't think it really matters. You know, there's so many different variables that go into it, whether the person's home, whether they're at work, whether they're commuting, whether they have kids. What, you know, it's just, there isn't gonna be a silver bullet on the time to, so that we can put that one to bed. But anyway, moving on. So for Mel- And also, can I just add, mm -hmm. is those rates seem a little bit low. Well, that's the whole point of this video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so looking here, so software, Open rate 21, click-through rate 2.45. Now, I would say 
across our clients. This is pretty that's accurate. Kind of, yeah, that's pretty accurate. And um, but I I think that you there's something that you literally do overnight to potentially double your conversion rates. <gasps> what is it that's a big big i want to know um and it has nothing to do with the copy it has nothing to do with time of day it has nothing to do with um the content or anything and it's a little bit of a hack but um we think it's quite a powerful thing to add to your email strategy that that can really help you moving forward yeah so i wanted to go through this example now starting off at the top and this is the issue that we're trying to get to now with this video. People are emailing too much. There's this weird misconception in B2B marketing where the more people you email, you think the better results you're going to get. Mm-hmm. If I email my whole database, I'm going to get, you know, X times more responses than if I email half my database. But really, we need to be far more considered about who we're emailing in our database and do a lot of the marketing ops grunt work to really narrow down our target market for each email send. And obviously that's gonna improve our conversion rates. So we wanted to go through this really basic scenario just to prove that, and just to show you kind of different ways or different issues that you might have within your data. So starting off at the beginning here, so say you've got a database, you know, 150, 200,000 or something, and you're trying to email most of the people in your database. And from that, you got 20,000 opens and 3,000 clicks. So that's a 20% open rate and a 3% click-through rate, um, kind of around about the average. Now, jumping back over to here for Zoom Info, they've got a lot of statistics about dirty data. So I'm not going to go through all of these numbers here, but I've pulled out some of the more interesting ones. You can find this um, from from if you just type in zoom info and dirty data. And they've each got a source, you know, to other um, companies and pages kind of like serious decisions and, and others. So, you know, this is what a lot of companies do. They've got something they want to send. They choose a huge portion of the database. They send it and they wonder why they're only getting 3% of people engaging. Well, they also were like, can I broaden the list? I want to make sure I get more engagement. Right. And you just see those conversion rates go down, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, I think you're going to go through in a second, but this could be why. Now, you know, from the the Zoom info tab I was just on. So 7% of leads contained invalid email addresses. 25% 25% of the average B2B database is inaccurate. 10% of leads contain invalid information. So if we do the work in our database, I guarantee you that most people listening to this would be able to find around about 15% of their database is bad data. Mm-hmm. Now, if we reduce that, 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 bad, that bad data is never going to engage. <laughs> no. So you're, you are, if you remove that 15%, obviously, from your send that's obviously going to improve your conversion rates mm-hmm. and if you look at this you know, get your send down to eighty-five thousand. these numbers don't change because you're still emailing the people that will engage like i said the fifteen thousand people were never ever going to engage because they are literally just bad data and it's going to get you know caught up and what sent to you know into the ether and not, not a human's going to see that 
So that's going to, your open rate is going to improve to 23.5%. Your click-through rate is going to improve to 3.5%. Yeah, and I think we didn't even add on here, but just doing that could also just improve how many people the email actually gets delivered to or people that could, you know, convert on it. So even if we say the same number of people engage, but you take out people that, you know, wouldn't have converted on it anyway, you could actually even get more conversions, which then boosts your number as well, because if you're emailing people from that company who no longer work there, mm -hmm. the spam trap's gonna be, you know, smart enough to be like, oh, hey, this person's spamming us, you know, don't deliver the emails. Right. Um, and so that could then kind of bump your delivery rate or engagement there, so. Yeah, so then, Moving on, so we've reduced our database by 15%, no skin off our back, they weren't gonna engage anyway. Yeah. Then 37% of email addresses change annually, 30% of people change their jobs annually, you know, sources, you can go review it in the, in the Zoom Info tab um, that I mentioned. So taking a conservative approach, right? How many of you have data that you've had in the system for five years, four years, three years, definitely over a year, it's gonna be a huge percentage of your database. Mm -hmm. How often are you reviewing that, using tools to be able to figure out if that data is still legitimate and then purging old data? How many people are also adding new cold data, right? Mm -hmm. I have a strong opinion about doing that. I don't think it's the right thing to do to add just cold data to your database, but you know, and, and, and then email it. Obviously, there might be a place where just adding cold data, but just emailing it off the bat and including it in your marketing programs is probably not the right thing to do. But how, how, how much of that cold data is it's going to come in and be one of these people that's already changed their job? A lot of these data vendors, mm -hmm. they are working hard to try and make sure the data is accurate. But are they updating that, that all of their data every single year? I think that might be a difficult challenge. Yeah. So... I would say a conservative amount of your database has probably left the company and not all of those emails will bounce right away. Right. Right. How many people have you been on, you know, the recipient of emails that we've just been forwarded to you after one of your colleagues has left, right? Yeah. Um, so let's just reduce the database size down by 25% by taking out old data, putting on a date filter. Maybe you want to remove any data that's older than you know, a year and hasn't engaged in the last year, you can be more conservative or more kind of gung-ho depending on what you're trying to do. Yeah, there. and we're not even saying like, remove them from the database. Just right. don't Just, even include them on your list. Like, right. you don't even need to be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to delete all these records. No, just just don't include them mm -hmm. or make sure you have them part of a suppression list that you're not emailing. So yeah, remove that 25%. Now you're sending to about 60,000. Your click-through rate is 4.7 and your open rate is 31. Now, this one's a little bit more, you know, I don't have a stat from Zoom Info on this, but just past experience and please email me, message me on LinkedIn if you think I'm wrong. But I would say a lot of the time, our segmentations aren't where they need to be in our marketing automation platform. Our data isn't where it needs to be to be able to run our segmentations properly. Mm. We're probably including a lot of the wrong audience, right? Like say you're trying to go after people in IT, but you're accidentally emailing other some people in marketing. So that there's going to be a degree of your audience that is just the wrong audience. But in the eagerness to improve or in increase the list size mm -hmm. to keep the rest of the company happy, to show that we're doing a lot of marketing and trying to engage people, we're emailing the wrong people. So call it 
now we've got our list down to almost half where it was before, which of course is going to double our click-through rate. So we started off with a click-through rate of 3% and just going through relatively conservatively, we can double our click-through rate without actually changing what we're doing from, from the actual content and email point of view. So of course, yes, I know this is super simplistic. Not all of these numbers will be accurate for your company. And yes, I know one of the other things that a lot of people are gonna say would be, okay, Charlie, this is great, right? We've just kind of artificially maybe improved our click-through rate just by email emailing less people. But we, need, we wanna actually engage with more people, like the amount of people um, that we're engaging with is still 3,000. Yes, now we look better that we're, we're getting this better click-through rate, but it's still 3,000. I think this comes down to kind of what you were just saying before and other reasons. So my response to that would be, now you actually have a more condensed list and you can actually get a more realistic click-through mm -hmm. rate. Yeah. Now you're gonna be able to test to figure out what is working, what is not working. Because mm -hmm. if you had an artificially low engagement rates based on these factors that we just mentioned it's very hard for you to figure out kind of like was this even a good email like was the copy good was the offer good because there was thousands thousands of people that literally were never going to engage whatever you sent them um the other thing is like chrissy mentioned it's more likely to get picked up by the more like the people that were additional on this list would be more likely to be picked up by spam filters mm -hmm. that's going to affect your email reputation, uh, emailing that specific company, you might get blocked, um, you might start hitting spam traps, all things that are gonna make things harder for you going forward. So with that and the being able to ideate and test better, you could actually start improving the engagement volume, not just the percentage over time. Um, and then the other thing is, you're just less likely to upset people. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're emailing people who, who like the, the in the last group that are the wrong audience, um, for that specific message, they might be the right audience for another message, but mm -hmm. now they've unsubscribed. Mm -hmm. So now you're never going to be able to email them again, and your engagement volume, not just the conversion rate, is still is going to be impacted going forward. Totally. I think this um whole you know example just further proves the importance of foundations and i think as marketing operations um pros that are just you know busy i think some of these like very simple foundational things will sometimes get skipped or missed or not thought of but if you compare it to even you know like fitness training if you're trying to you know pr your squat if you don't even know how to do a squat or maybe you're just doing it wrong how are you gonna improve that? You're just doing it wrong from the start. So you need to kind of take away the thing that might be fighting against you. That's just simple. This is a correction, you know, build the foundation. And then you can, you know, add mm -hmm. on, you know, more and more, um, more testing. But to your point, you need that kind of like real true baseline in order to see those real statistics. Plus as well, by removing groups, it doesn't mean, like you said before, you're going to delete them and never engage with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people on these lists, they might be old data who haven't engaged for a while, so they didn't make it onto your list, but they might still be working at that company. So 
but you need to treat them differently, right? They have, if they haven't engaged with the last 10 emails, why send them the 11th? They might not like email. Right? <laughs> so maybe targeted display, maybe sales outreach, maybe mm-hmm. a, a re-engagement email program might mm-hmm. even be the thing to trigger the engagement instead of just like them getting a random webinar email and a random yep. uh, white paper email. So it's not about just like reducing the volume to get a better conversion rate. It's about reducing it to focus your efforts on the people that are gonna engage with that specific email mm-hmm. and then take your time to intelligently figure out what you're gonna do with the rest. And that could be purging or re-engaging with them or using different channels. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just making sure you're not kidding yourself that the bigger the list, the better your results. Yeah. So I think that was a you know great example um, you know, seeing that just upfront, seeing this, those stats and the, how you can affect your conversion rate off the bat. So super important for you guys out there, um, in marketing ops, or if you're in demand gen and, you know, you're wondering why your conversion rates are so poor, this can be a great conversation starter for you and your marketing ops team to figure out how you can maybe reduce, um, you know, your list size um, and how you can do that by, you know, taking out people who won't engage or, Mm -hmm. you know, bad data, so forth, so forth. Yeah. The one thing to, the one thing with you that might raise some concerns is if you do that, if you get rid of your bad data, if you get rid of the people who aren't the right audience, if you get rid of old data and then you have nothing left, then you have a completely different problem other than email. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll be a whole nother video. Yeah. So um, I hope that was, um, you know, super useful for you guys. And if you put that into practice and you see your conversion rates go up, let us know. We love to hear those stories. So we'll see you next time on Forward.